and focusing on what's important, focusing on what matters. And this morning, I want to talk to you about the simple life. How many of y'all want a simple life? A simple life? Walt and I have kind of been in this place here lately. We've been cleaning stuff out, and I mean, we, we're peering it down. My mom actually came to buy the house, and she's like, what's going on in here? You know, y'all selling everything. I was like, no, we're just, we're, we want to get down to what we just, what we need to, to, to survive, you know, to, to live. And, and it's not that there's anything wrong with having things. There's really not. Um, but they, they do, they distract you, don't they? They distract you. They, they kind of get things out of kilter, out of focus. And this week, you know, the past couple of weeks, we had a flood there in Greenbrier County, as you guys know, and some, in the surrounding counties. And I'm going to tell you, there's nothing like a flood to show you, um, actually to change your perspective about what matters, what's important, the things that really matter. And you go, you drive through White Sulphur. They've come a long way. They've done a lot of road work. Man, I'm telling you, the Department of Highways has really worked hard to get things put back together. But you drive down through there in some of the hardest hit spots, and there's just piles of stuff. Just piles of stuff. Stuff that came out of houses, just piles of just uh, all kinds of debris, trees and rocks and all kinds of stuff. And you're driving down through there and you're kind of navigating through it and you'll see a pile here and a pile there. And I kind of got to where I felt like that's where my life was. Y'all ever feel like that? You're going from one pile of stuff to the next. (laughs) One pile of stuff to the next and you, you move this pile to that pile and then you move this pile to that pile and then you get a storage building for that pile and then you move the other pile upstairs and then you take that pile downstairs and you move it and you move it to the outbuilding is anybody living that life with me? <laughs> Walt's over here amen and me. Uh, <laughs> didn't plan to say all that. That's for free. But I think it just speaks to what the complexity of life. And really we long for simpleness. We long, you know, even with God. We, we sang about it this morning, how great he is. And we can't wrap our mind around, around him, can we? I mean, we think about God and the universe. Everybody wants to know what's the meaning of life, right? And I was sitting out here, I was out on, this, on the porch out here outside of the church last night. I was sitting there reading and just praying and um, thinking. And I looked out over top of the, the hillside out here. It was absolutely beautiful, the sunset and all the colors and things. And I was looking at it and I was like, God, you created all of this. You created every bit of it. And he's just, he, you can't even, he, the mystery of him is we can't wrap our minds around him. And I, I started thinking about something, you know, I'm kind of a nerd in some ways. I love to read. I love to, I love to study things out. I don't know about y'all, but like with the Bible, I love word studies. I love to know what the Hebrew is and what the Greek is and all of this stuff. And I, I really enjoy that. I love digging deep down into it. I promise I'm not going all Perry Stone on y'all this morning and going real down deep into that. But I really enjoy a lot of that stuff. I really do. And sometimes I think I just overthink stuff. I think about it too much. I think about all the details and on the expanse of the universe and everything God created. And he is. He's so complex, but yet he's so simple, isn't he? He's so, so simple. We make it complex. And I was, as I was sitting out there, you know, it was like God was just kind of whispering in my heart and reminding me a few things, a, um, a, a story that, um, about Walt and I several years ago. 
you know, he, he laughs. He tells people, you know, she's kind of the deeper one. And he's like, this is as deep as I go. <laughs> it's here. You know, he's a pretty much uh, straight shooter, aren't you? And he, he says, like, you know, I just take it like it is and, and go. And I love that about him. He's just so, he has just such a simple faith, a simple walk with God. And one night after, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I just feel like I'm supposed to. But one night after we were at a night service at Bethesda years ago, we went to go eat at this restaurant. And uh, we were eating there, just he and I, and we were eating, and, and there was a couple from the church there, and they, uh, they invited us to sit down and eat with them. And, and the wife of this couple, she was like really, she was like having this big, uh, deep discussion about the rapture and where we're going to be raptured out. And, you know, she didn't believe that you were raptured out and, and then tribulation and all that. It was like a revelation-type discussion, Re- book of revelation. You know what I'm saying? And she was like all tore up because she felt like we had to go through the tribulation. The Christians had to go through the tribulation. And she was like trying to, we were just just trying to eat our dinner, you know. And she's like giving us this big uh, dissertation on this and, and why she believes that. She turned around and she looked at me. She says, Melissa, what do you believe? And I thought, well, you know, and I was honest with her. I said, well, I've always believed that we would be raptured out, you know. And she says, why? And I said, and I, I told her, I said, you know what? It, it, it did something to me. It made me go dig deeper. I told Walt, I said, I got to know. And then she turned around, looked at Walt. Walt's sitting there eating his liver and onions because he loves liver and onions. He's just sitting there. She says, what do you think, Walt? Walt says, I really don't care. <laughs> I went, oh, God. <laughs> they going to leave the church over this. My husband done run them out. I don't care. Oh, gosh, I'm heather, you know. He's like, I really don't care. Her name was Terry. He says, I really don't care, Terry. <laughs> Thinks what she said, right? And she, you just, what? You know. He says, it don't matter. Either way, I'm going to be all right. We raptured out in the beginning, in the middle, and the end. It don't matter. I'm going to be with him. It don't matter. It's going to be all right. <laughs> it was the best answer. Here I am. I'm thinking some deep. I'm trying to get my thoughts together, you know, trying to remember every Perry Stone DVD I've ever watched about the rapture, trying to get all my thoughts together. And he basically cut that off in one story. It didn't matter. We're saved, and it doesn't matter. We're going to be with him. And I said all that to tell you that, really, that's what we long for. You know, things we've, we've advanced so far in technology and science. Of course, you guys know that I'm a nurse. I love um, I love the science. I'm kind of a science geek. I love that. Um, and we've kind of exalted knowledge over the Word of God, haven't we? We've, not, we've exalted that over and we try to figure everything out. But really, it comes down to some really simple truths that we can apply to our life. And what's the most simple truth is John three sixteen. <laughs> That's really what it all comes down to. And that John three sixteen, of course, we all know that, is that for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Man, it doesn't get any simpler than that. As complex as God is, it gets down to the fact that he loved us so much that he gave his son Jesus for us. And you know, God's love really is the thing that holds everything together. Anything that goes wrong in relationships, in churches, (laughs) anywhere, it has to do with love first. We have to know that God loves us 
And then we have to walk in that love. It doesn't go any deeper than that. Yeah, there's, yes, there are, is a spiritual realm. There's a spiritual realm at work that we can't see. And, and when we're praying and we're interceding, when we're worshiping, we're doing spiritual warfare. But all of that's for naught if we don't know the love of God. If we don't understand who we are in Christ and know that he loves us, how can we give something away to somebody else that we don't have ourselves? So we have to know that God loves us. His love is unconditional. Just like the song he says, you know, Anthony was talking about it. You stood before my failure. You stood before my shame. He was bruised for our iniquity. His love's unconditional. The really the only condition is, is that you believe. It says, whosoever believes in him. There is no other condition. It doesn't mean that you have to get to a certain place in life or to a certain, uh, you know, to a certain age or whatever. It doesn't, that no. What matters is that you believe in him. That's as, that's as deep as it goes. Also that God's love is sacrificial. Oh, it cost him something. It cost him something. Just like Tom was talking about, he and Anna serving. You know, David said, I'll get, not give God anything that doesn't cost me something. You know, it's love is sacrificial. When you prefer another, you're, you're sacrificing your wants, what you want. You're laying that down and you're saying, you know, I love you. I'm preferring you. So God's love is sacrificial. He gave. And it, God's love always is connected to an action. You know, we think, well, God, God's love. Well, God is love. So what we're talking about is him here. <laughs> we're talking about him. So he is unconditional. He is sacrificial. And God's, God's love is personable. He was the, it was, came to flesh in the person, Jesus Christ. I know this is kind of elementary. You may be, it's basic. But we got to return back to basics, church. We have to return back to the simple knowledge that God loves us. He has commanded us. Jesus said, the command I give to you that you love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and that you love your neighbor as yourself. It all comes down to love. It all comes down to love. Love is also acceptable. You know, sometimes we think, um, you know, that, I'm not worthy, right? <laughs> I've done this, I've done that, or whatever. And, or we think there's degrees of God's love, just like we think there's degrees of sin. You know? Think about that. God's love, He is acceptable. He accepts us just as we are. He's not surprised. He's not shocked by your mess. He's not, he's not taken off guard by it. He saw that, and Jesus saw that when he hung on the cross. Not shocked by it. So God's love is acceptable, and God's love is accessible. We can access it. Amen? We can access it. Whoever believes in him, whosoever, we all have access to it. You know, John, First um, John 4, 9 through 12 Verse says that this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son 
as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. It says, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. (laughs) No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, listen to this, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. He says, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. We love because he first loved us. You know something? We all have people in our life that are hard to love. Don't look to your left or your right. (laughs) Okay. But we do. We all have people that have hurt us. We all have people that it's difficult, you know. I know my own self, you know, I don't have the Beaver Cleaver family. And Walt, man, he has, mom and dad been married, we were married for 51 years and just a, just a precious couple. And um, I had wonderful parents, but I come from like most people, you know, in my age group. Um, my parents are divorced, remarried, and divorced, and remarried, and <laughs> divorced, and, you know, a few of those things. And, um, you know, sometimes, you know, when you get together with your family, and your in-laws, outlaws, whatever you want to call them, and you get all that together, and you're like, man, can't we just have a normal family? Anybody ever thought that? You can raise your hand. I'm the, I said, can you just have a normal family and uh, not have the, you know, to have to think about all this stuff? Well, I don't want to say this, or I don't want to do that, or whatever. And, and you know, that's what we are, really, to God. We are his children, and we're his big dysfunctional family in a lot of ways. And he loves us. And, you know, that's the one thing, that's the one thing, even I know in my own family, that even as hard as it can be sometimes, I love them. And God placed me in that family for a reason. He's placed you in the relationships that he's placed you in for a reason. He's placed you... And connected you. And, you know, you can, you can try to run away from it. You can try to escape it. That's kind of what I do sometimes. I don't like to get in conflicts with people. So if things get kind of rugged, I just back off. I just kind of keep you at arm's length. I'm just being honest with you here. But there is, thank God, God didn't keep us at arm's length. He reached down. <laughs> he came after us. He pursued us. And you know, when you get in, into relationships, the key of that is it all comes down to love. It all comes down to, you know, sorry, but it comes down to you've got to see this person and love them like God loves them. Amen? So the secret of life to the simple life is really love. It's God's love. It's knowing that he loves you, that he is a good, good father. (laughs) And uh, that first, our first step should always be toward him. It should always be towards him. Another scripture, very familiar scripture. Most of you 
And they probably have heard it at weddings and around Valentine's Day. It's the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. It says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. Love never fails. If God is love, then we can read that scripture and we can say, God is patient. God is kind. God does not envy. He does not boast. He's not proud. He does not dishonor others. He's not self-seeking. God is not easily angered. He keeps no records of wrongs. Hallelujah. God does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. God always protects. He always trusts. He always hopes. He always preserves. God never fails. Tom said it so eloquently. If you want to know something, then you look at Jesus. Don't look at me. You look at Jesus. We look to his word. His word is his love letter to us. Anytime that we find ourselves in, in a, a moment of not being patient, not being kind, maybe struggling with envy, boasting, having some issues with pride, even if we've dishonored others, if we thought been selfish in some way, if we've gotten lost our temper and got angry, if we find ourselves checking off the list and keeping a record of wrongs. Even when we do that, if we just go to him, let his, his love be shed abroad in us, that's where it turns around. The only way we can simplify our life, church, is by thinking more about love. <laughs> about God and about how to love other people. If we focus on how much he loves us and then loving other people, it simplifies. It, it, everything else just passes to the side. You know, we, I, I can catch myself going from one thing to the another, even this week, because I didn't expect to be preaching, <laughs> preaching this morning. And then um, that kind of came about, and I was like, okay, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I've got to do that. And, and I'm, I, I caught myself just, like, just going around and around and around and, and thinking about this stuff and feeling a bit overwhelmed. And it was like the Lord just spoke to me and said, you know what? Just talk to them about love. Talk to the church about love because that's, that's what it all comes down to. It comes down to that in relationships, in churches, even on your job. How even you think about yourself comes down to love. If you don't understand that God loves you, then you can't even love yourself. And that sounds kind of selfish, but it's not. We should have a right opinion and perspective and view of ourselves, of who we are in him. And that's all through the lens of love. So where do we, you're like, where do we start with that? It's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. The first thing is, is that we say it. We say it. We don't, we, you know, we got our little emojis and we shoot people our little emojis of your heart and I love you and, 
you know, we're, we're quick to say, love you, whatever. I'm talking about really telling people what they mean to you. Because you don't know. We're, we're vapors. We don't know how long we have. You need to tell people and say to people. If, if someone, I was, we were over visiting his mother in Lexington, Virginia, and we went to at a little restaurant to eat. And this precious little girl, she probably was about 11. And uh, this was on Friday. And she came up to me and she says, I really like the dress you have on. And just this beautiful smile. You know something? It's that simple. It's that simple how to love on people. And I'm not talking about, you know, just flattering them to try to whatever. I'm talking about really honestly loving on people and seeing where you can add value to their life. And she said that to me, and I was like, you know, that was, this was like just a precious little thing. And I thought, she's operating in that. She understands that. So we need to say it. Say it. The next thing is write it down. Anything that's important to us, we write it down. The words is the vision. Write it down, make it plain. Well, God's vision for us is for us to love him and to love other people. And so you need to write that down. Schedule it into your, into your life, you know, to do things for other people, to find time, to make time, to love on people. You know, we find time for everything else, don't we? We'll find time for our favorite TV show. We'll DVR that joker, and then we'll stay up past our bedtime trying to watch it. We will find time to do what we truly are passionate and what we, what we, what we love. So we need to write it down. We need to put it in our schedule and write that down. You know, if it's, if it's serving, I know we're kind of hammering. It feels like it, I didn't mean it for it to be that way, but, you know, yeah, you know, Write down some opportunities to serve. And I'm not just talking about here. I'm talking about, you know, your neighbor might need, might be sick and need their grass cut. You know, um, whatever it is. They, you know, you may have a young mother that you're friends with that needs, desperately needs a day out. Any of y'all got some small babies, you know what I'm talking about. You can watch that baby for just a couple of hours and just love on her. Let her know, you know. So write it down. Put it in your schedule. The third thing is to give love, to give. We give. God so loved the world that he gave. When we give, and I'm not just talking about your money, but yeah, money, money is one of those things that the reason Jesus addressed it so much is because he knew it would be an issue for us. (laughs) Our money, if you get out your checkbook, it shows you what you value, what you, where your heart's at a lot of times. It really does. It shows you that you can just go right down through there and look online and look at that, and that's what you value. So, yeah, we give it. We need to give that. The, the fourth thing is forgive. We need to forgive to truly operate in love. And that's, that's a tough one, especially when it happens again and again. I think we all, most of us, you know, happens once, you know, shame on you, happens twice, shame on me. We kind of live by that, don't we? And so when something happens and, and you know, you have, to, you have to forgive, then you have to forgive again, then you have to forgive again. But thank God he forgave us. He continually forgives us. And I'm not saying that you stay in a situation where you're abused or things are not right. You know, that's not right. That's not, that's not God either. But we do have to lay down things, lay down offenses. We have to lay them down, and we have to choose to walk in love, right? 
The last thing is to live it. <laughs> to live it. This is a really great scripture. It's out of the message version. I don't know if any of y'all read the message version. I've kind of really gotten into it lately. It's, it's a contemporary English um, version of the Bible. I've been reading Proverbs in it. And uh, I love it because it'll just, it just, it's really just straight out there. It's, it's everyday language. But I love the scripture. It's Romans 12, 1 through 2. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embrace what God does for you. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't be so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. (laughs) Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. I love when it says you'll be changed from the inside out. The song, actually Rev and I were kind of, we were singing and he started singing this song and, and um, it made me think about this scripture. But he'll change us from the inside out and the way he does that is through his love. When we understand that he loves us, that he gave it all for us, when we understand that, then we can love other people. We can give our life as an offering for others. Amen. Amen. So we can live it, live it out. (laughs) One of the other scriptures that I found just in living it, and I guess because of what we've kind of walked through the past couple weeks, but it says, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. You know, I love Jesus. It says we don't have a high priest who can't understand how we feel. He He understands how our feelings, our emotions, when we don't understand stuff, Brother C.T., we don't understand why. He understands that. He rejoiced with those who rejoiced. He wept with those who wept. And I think sometimes we kind of get this hard shell on us, don't we? And it's hard. And, uh, but, you know, we've got to let that down and let God's love just penetrate and permeate. The last scripture is 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. I know this is really simple this morning, church. But I'd just like you to stand to your feet. I want you to close your eyes and just lift your arms. (laughs) Lift your arms up and surrender to Him. Just receive God's love. Know that God loves you. God loved you so much that he gave his only son for you. Even if you've known him, you've been saved for years. Let that knowledge, let it become new and fresh to you right there and receive his love. Whatever you've done, whatever you've thought, whatever you think disqualifies you from that love, 
Release it to him. Release it to him. God, we give you it all. We give it all to you. Lord, we stand with our arms high, surrendered, God. We give you everything. We give you our heart. We give you our lives, God. We give you every part of us because you withheld nothing from us. God, we thank you for Jesus, the sacrifice for us, for our healing, for our deliverance, and most importantly, for our salvation. God, I thank you that you restored that relationship. Lord, right here in our midst right now, Father, I pray, God, that let love ignite in your people. Let them understand your love for them and for your love for us, God. And, Lord, let us not be blind to see the opportunities to love people around us, God, to show them that you love them. Lord, let us say it. Let us say it. Let us give it, God. Let us forgive it, God. Let us let us live it out, God, before you. Lord, we thank you, Father, that as we, God, as we give it all to you, Lord, that you take care of, just as Tom said, we lay it all down, and then it's your responsibility to take care of the rest, Father. Lord, we simplify our lives this morning by saying that we will focus on you, on loving you and loving other people. God, we lay down any offenses, any distractions, any drama, anything that has come, God, and Lord, we just lay it down and we say, God, we choose this day. We choose this day to walk in love. We choose this day, God. We choose to walk in love. God, right there where you are, if you don't know him, every eye closed, every every heart, God, open. But if you don't know him this morning or you have drifted from him, God, I just, I thank you for those, Lord that you're calling them home, even people who are here and there in their families, Father. But, but if you need to, to come closer to God, if you need to come into a relationship with Him, you just want to know Him, please raise your hand.